You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate. It's not plowed out yet. Um, so we're just going to stay silent till he is plowed out. No, there are many people that have phoned in saying they are plowed in or uh, they were fine until the plow came down the street and they can't, they can't do that. So um, short of that, we're going to have a lovely intimate gathering here with those of you, we'll call it, we're, we're the plowed out ones. We're the ones that, uh, that got here. We got winter tires. That's right. Um, there's other people that we're taking part that aren't here as well. So, um, unless one of you wants to volunteer, I will be everything. This <laughs> is going to be tedious for you, but but I don't see. It. Is Don Francis in the building? Don Francis in the building? No. Okay then. Welcome. Would you like to welcome everybody? Welcome everybody. A professional, a professional. Anyways, uh, I'm sure everybody... <laughs> My name's Glenn Cockwell, just in case. No, so I don't see anybody that doesn't know me here. But anyways, uh, welcome everybody. And uh, if I had a script, I would uh, acknowledge that we're on the lands of the uh, previous uh, inhabitants of this area, uh, the First Nations people. And uh, we are grateful for the ability to use this land. Um, I put our three statements in on a winter scene, um, and I thought, there it all is. The grounded. Someone has built something on that foundation, on that hill. I don't know if it's a, a little shack or a little, a little cabin or something, um, but there they are, grounded in real life. They knew where they were building, and they are solidly there. And that's what we try to build. Any fact that we come up with is in life, in the experience of life. Good, bad, and difficult, and beautiful. And then guided by love, and there's the sun out. The sun out, I thought that was a nice sort of guided and warmth, even in the middle of that. And the sun can be quite warm, even when the, the, the snow is on the ground like that. And then growing in wisdom, I thought whoever is going to inhabit that shack needs to learn a lot about how to live in that environment. And the sad thing for me, of course, maybe that they were delighted that there was nobody close beside them, because some people like that. But the wisdom gained from uh, others, and maybe they're in that shack reading. I don't know. But growing in wisdom together for living a life that has both snow, and we're thinking of our neighbors far to the east and our neighbors far to the west who are having more difficulty with the weather than we have been having here, although we get to complain, Walter, don't we? Yes, we do. So uh, uh, so I'm just going to play our, uh, a song for a little bit just to get those ideas re- reaffirmed in us, and then we'll have our sharing time.
Victor Frankl, born in 1905, was an Austrian neurologist, philosopher, uh, psychiatrist, theologian, start with easy words, right, (laughs) and writer. And during the World War II, he and his family were split up and imprisoned in various concentration camps, including at Troitz. Well, a prisoner, uh, he reconstructed a copy of the book he had been writing before his arrest, which he had hidden, whoa, don't go away, uh, hidden in the uh, lining of his coat, but which had been confiscated on his arrival. In the book, Frankel proposed that people uh, are primarily driven by, in his words, uh, a meaning that enables people to overcome painful experience. Uh, I mean, okay. I think I missed a line here. Uh, by uh, strive to find... Uh, by... Okay, oh, okay. A striving to find meaning in one's life, and that is the sense of meaning that enables people to overcome painful experiences. It was published after his release from imprisonment entitled, uh, entitled Man's Search for Meaning. Okay. So this is the beating. Uh, to live is to suffer. To survive is to find meaning in suffering. We who have lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the hut, con- comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man. But one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. I thought, tra- I thought transfixed me for the first time in my life. I saw the truth as it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom in so many thinkers. The truth, that love of the ultimate and highest goal to which man can aspire. I grasp it, I gasped, grasped at the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief can impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love in a position of utter des- uh, desolation when man cannot express himself in a positive action when his only achievement may consist of enduring his suffering in the right way, an honorable way, in which a position in such a position, man can, through love, loving contemplation of the image he carries of that which he loves, achieve fulfillment. Meaning of life is giving, is to give life meaning, offer and wisdom for the journey. When you see a whole stack like that, that's not the message. <laughs> Just the introduction. Uh, first of all, thank you, Glenn. That, that was stepping into a void beautifully with no preparation and a very small screen <laughs> that scrolls very poorly. So I thank you. Uh, Babette came to me and she said, amazing that he can walk into that without any preparation. And in a different, I, different sense, I said, he said, years of preparation. 
you know, being here, being knowing what is important and what to do, so to walk into that. And there ain't a person here that would fault anything that happens at this front if done in goodwill and, and, and uh, sincerity. So thank you for being the welcomer reader who is so welcoming and, 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 uh, and read so beautifully. So, um, now... I didn't see any of the movies Greta has talked about. So she said when I was going to be here, I could pick my own movie. And so I did. Um, and I, I, you can groan, but I love this movie. I, I could, I've watched it a million times. I could give you the lines in it. I love it. I also want to say at the beginning of this, the message and the, the, the meaning of what I'm giving today, you may soundly disagree with. And I invite you to talk with me about it or talk with someone else about it um, and, and see if we can learn from each other in it. So, so get ready to groan if you, if you think the movie's silly and get ready to agree or disagree or think or consider or, or, or let it find a, a roosting place in your heart for a bit and then decide what you want to do with it. So the movie has to do with some date that's coming up very closely and that's February 2nd. So can you guess the movie? Groundhog Day, yes. <laughs> that's my movie. <laughs> that's my movie. Groundhog Day. Now, the reason I love it, and there's parts in it I just flip past because they're so silly and I don't stay with it, but watching the change in that fella during that movie is so meaningful to me. So I just want to give you a little synopsis of why I picked it for today, and then we're going to get into some... Uh, you, you see the... Oh, you know, do you see? I, I was very proud of myself. Do you see the word of, and it's crossed out? See, can you just see that? It's, not, it's hard to see, but I was very proud that I figured out how to cross it out. You see? Meaning of, life, and in life. So, Groundhog Day. Sorry? No, no, I don't know how to do that. So, for those of you that have not seen or have forgotten or have meant to forget about Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day itself, of course, is when the, the groundhog comes out of his lair and if the weather is sunny, you get six more weeks of winter. That's right. It has also come to mean a situation in a series of unwelcome or tedious events appear to be recurring in exactly the same way. A Groundhog Day is that kind of day. I did not know that. But now you can all have a, a Groundhog Day when, oh, not that again, not that again, not that again. So that's that. Um, she, the, the quote in the dictionary said, she lived an unrelenting Groundhog Day of laundry shopping and rearing kids. So there's a Groundhog Day for you. So here, I don't want to miss any of the details, so I'm just going to glue my eyes to this here. So if you recall... Uh, Phil, who, who's named Phil, Phil Connors, is a, is a weatherman. And, and, of course, Punxsutawney Phil is the name of the groundhog uh, in, in the story. But, so Phil uh, uh, tells all of Pittsburgh that the snowstorm is going to move past them. They're not going to get the storm at all. And then he goes to Punxsutawney for the Groundhog Day festivities, which he hates, absolutely hates. He derides them. He doesn't want to do this at all. And he shows it in everything that he does. Um, contempt, really, and contempt for the small town and what he calls the hick people that live in that stupid little town. Um, and so then he wakes up in the morning, the next morning, and he hears on the radio at 6 a.m. the song, I've Got You, Babe. 
by Sonny and Cher. That's praise, which is interesting because he hasn't got babe yet. <laughs> it takes a long time for this song to be. So he wakes up, and, and okay, then he goes on his, he gives a kind of a lackadaisical report about the Punxsutawney Phil, and he wants to get out of there, uh, but someone comes and says, no, you can't because the snow comes. He says, no, snow's not going to come, which I think some of you were saying the other day, hopefully. But, and, and so then the snow comes, and they can't get out. So they're stranded in Punxsutawney, which is his idea of purgatory, at least. And he doesn't want to go to the celebration, so he goes home. He will not join in with the people, the ordinary folk, and have some fun. He goes to bed. And he wakes up at 6 a.m., and the radio is playing, I Got You, Babe. And it's only when the same DJ banter comes that he realizes something's up, because they might be playing the same song in Punxsutawney at 6 a.m. But the same banter, and he finds that very odd. He goes on to face, and everything in that day, things are happening exactly the same as they did before. And so he thinks that's a dream. So when he goes to sleep again, up he wakes, 6 a.m., and the movie does that so well, you just keep seeing that 6. And he is stuck in a loop. He's stuck in a time loop where everything around him will happen the same way. Now, you may have had that experience in your life, and, and, and you may not, but it's so, it's so, uh, it's so in, in, in so many ideas of philosophy and, 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 and thinking about what if you had to do a day over again? There, there's, there's probably days you've had, I wish I could do that day over again. I would do it differently. Whether or not you actually would. But you want to give me another go at that day. Well, Phil got a lot of goes at the day. And there's, there's all sorts of websites that have calculated how many loops he goes through. And they're all different numbers. They're in the mega thousands, or some of them is in hundreds. And it took him thousands and thousands of tries to become a good person. That just gives you, you know, hope for you. I mean, I don't know if you've had thousands and thousands of tries to become a person. So when he realizes he's trapped in this loop, and no matter what he does, he still wakes up the next morning at 6 a.m., and everything starts all over again, I can do whatever I like. And he does. He does atrocious things. And no matter what, he, 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 I think he robs a bank, he does all sorts of things. But whatever he does, he can't keep for the next day. So it's almost like utterly meaningless. And that's when he starts to discover, whatever I do, it doesn't matter because the next day comes and I'm starting all over again. So then he starts to get very depressed. Oh, and nobody else in the story is aware of that. Nobody, they just think it's the next, it's a day, right? So this is a fantasy, by the way. I just want you to know, this, this wasn't a historic documentary. This is a, a movie, right? So... After a while, he, now he, then he goes binge drinking, binge eating, one night stands, robbery, reckless driving, and then he starts to court the, uh, the newscaster, Rita, who I could certainly understand him trying to court. I remember wanting as well. <laughs> I didn't get as many chances as he, I didn't get any chances. Um, uh, but he, he tries to, and, and he, he's showing himself in his raw, uncouth, self-centered, grumpy, derisive way. He asked her what she studied in college. She said French literature, and he burst out laughing at her because that's the stupidest thing in the world. And what he's done, every time he... This is so conniving, and it's so true, guys. It is true. Whatever you say, it is true. He tries to figure out how to please her. 
If he wants to, he's got to please her. So he gauges her response to each of his stupid, stupid remarks, and he makes a note. Oh, don't do that. Not because he realizes it was inappropriate. Just don't do that if you want her. So very utilitarian, right? Don't do that if you want her. And so then next time, you know, I don't know how many loops later, I took French literature and he waxes eloquent in, in, eloquently in, in, in French. Because this is, but he doesn't care about French. He just now knows that's it. After a while, that, because nothing makes any difference, he starts the next day and she still doesn't want anything to do with him because he's a cad. He begins to get depressed. He gets very down. And he tries to kill himself very many times. So he tries to end his life. And then 6 a.m., it's I got you, babe, all over again. And, and, and this is a very personal issue for, for many people. But when the day seems that hopeless and meaningless, why wouldn't you want to not do that again? And he didn't want to wake up again. He didn't. And, and the movie sort of portrays that beautifully, um, the, the hopelessness of that. Then he decides, because he can't even kill himself, he must be a god. He's a god. Now, that's not a ploy I would recommend if you're trying to win the girl's affection. But he tells her, he's a god. He says, I'm not the, the god, I just must be a god. And then he tells her why, because no matter what he does, he's immortal. That's the only qualification at this point. He's immortal, so he can't die. And so, um, he tells her, and then he tells her the, 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 the life story of everyone in the restaurant. Because he knows it. He's had those days and he's gotten to know these people. He knows everything about them. And he said, maybe God isn't, isn't so wise. It's just that he's been there many times. So he's got, he just hasn't seen it all. So that's how come he said it. And you know, every, every now and then, just bit by bit by bit, he sees that the way he behaves is how, what he receives back from people. During um, one, one time in the town, he, he, he meets a homeless gentleman who's almost dying. And he tries, he, he's faced with that, he's dying. He's really dying. I can't, he's really dying. And he tries to help this man. And no matter what he does, the man dies. No matter what he does, that he can't die because he's part in the loop. But the man dies. And that hits him like nothing else has hit him. That we just have this life. And what am I doing with mine? What am I doing with mine? And all of a sudden, he starts to see life differently. And I don't know, I think someone said it was at the 2,355th loop. He finally, when faced with, with, with mortality and his inability to help this person... He begins to, he helps, a boy is falling out of a tree. And in every loop, he catches the boy. Boy never thanks him. He says, you never thank me. But he's there every time to do it. He pumps up a car of someone who's got a flat tire. He helps people all over the town every day, but then wakes up the next day and, and it's back to start again. So, he's, he's falling in love with this Rita for who she is as he's gotten to know her. That's one of the biggest clues. When he got to know people, he changed. When he got to know people, he changed. So I think one of the ones is, he says, she's, he orders her a drink, and she says, what will we drink to? Uh, and he says, what is he? He said, the groundhog. And she says, I always drink to world peace. So, so the next time, whatever, he's, he says, what will we drink to? She says, what, what will we drink to? And he says, I always say a prayer and 
Think of the sunset and pray for world peace. She was very impressed. Except the next day she forgot that it was a little good. So when, when he finally realizes, and this is the part that for every, when I said every guy, every person, it was when he found his heart, when he found his care for others and saw his life as meaningless if he wasn't caring for others, this enormous change came about. He's still funny, still kooky, but he actually fell for her. He actually cared about her. And in the day, there was a celebrity auction and she bought him in the auction. And she bought him and they spent the day together. And at the end, it was the most beautiful thing. I, 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 I told our son this, I told every guy should hear this. Everyone should hear it. No, don't you listen, because then you'll know that guys have been told this, right? So, so he said, I've realized that no matter what happens, no matter if I ever see you, no matter what happens to me, I am truly happy because I love you. I just found that the most remarkable thing when you've seen the, the, the life he's lived up to that point, because he wasn't saying, now I've got you. He was saying, now I've discovered the secret. And I love you no matter what happens the next day. So they go back to his house, his, his uh, bed and breakfast room. And then he goes to sleep. And then the morning comes and 6 a.m. comes on the clock. And I got you, babe, plays. And he, it was like almost, but he wasn't, okay, then it's not worth it. He was like, okay, okay. And the DJ starts saying, what do you mean? We're playing the wrong song. We played that yesterday. So he turns and he sees Rita beside her. By the way, just for the, you know, the age appropriate, they're both clothed. Evidently nothing happened. Um, he reaches for her. She puts her arm on him and he said, you're here. And she said, yes. And he said, why? And she said, I bought you. You're mine. And he said, but why are you still here? And she said, you said stay. So I stayed. And he said... I can't even make a collie stay. How come you stay? And then he realized, when the DJ stopped or whatever, she says, what, what's the matter? He says, it's different. And she said, yes. He says, anything different is good. <laughs> because the loop was gone. And then he, wrote, he turns to her, and, and there's the possibility of a relationship. A real relationship. He bounces out of bed, looks outside. It's beautiful. Next day, he, uh, he, he said... Uh, he, had, he was tired today because he had a very long yesterday, which was like thousands of years. Anyway, the, the, um, he, the, the fellow that wrote the, the, the script uh, wanted to write it originally. I love this because he changed too. The guy, Ruben, his name is Ruben, he wanted to make a movie that was being able to use your superior knowledge to pick up women. That's what he wanted to write about. Use your superior knowledge to pick up women. And then he asked himself the question, if a person could live forever, if a person was immortal, how would they change over time? Would they change? So he's beginning to think this philosophically. And he came back to, to the idea of a man living the same day over and over again, repeating the day, and all of a sudden he found a deeper purpose in that arrangement for a movie. And, and he wanted it to be that while everything else stayed the same, he changed and then things changed for him. It took seven weeks to write out the rules for the loops. It took him seven weeks to do that, but only three days to write the movie. So he did that and then took it around to 50 producers. 
to interest them and they all said no they didn't want to do it and he finally ended up giving it to the creative artists agency which I kind of like that the creative artists agency liked it and uh, and they got it uh, to produce the film and so there is Groundhog Day you can see of course now even if you laughed at the start why I love this movie yes okay so the meaning of slashed out in life I couldn't imagine how many libraries full of books there are with people struggling to determine the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? Here's, this is just a pile of questions on, online. Why are we here? What is life all about? What is the meaning of it all? What are we here for? What is the nature of life? What's the nature of reality? What's the purpose of life? What is the purpose of one's individual life? What is the significance of living? What's the value of a life? What are we living for? Now, uh, Glenn read a reading from Viktor Frankl, who many of you are familiar with. And I wanted to link that in with the idea of stories that we started with. Because in, in Prisoner of War Camp, he may, came up with that beautiful idea that they could take away everything from me, but my ability to choose my next reaction, my next response. I always get to do that. And that's a beautiful, beautiful response. You know, a long time ago when we picked readings for there, we decided, would we pick a reading from someone whose life we didn't resonate with at all because what they were doing was harmful and not... And we decided, you know, it got different ideas of that, but if you had a, a, a very bad person that said a very nice thing one day, we wanted to say, the same as we do with any, any uh, what are considered a sacred book, if it's got merit in it, we'll take it, but not because of where it is, because of what it says and what it could mean to us. So there's all sorts of research going on about Viktor Frankl that suggests he was collaborating with the enemy in the camps. And there's a lot written about what he did that wasn't so good. We don't know. There's, there's enough to, to really question it. And I thought, he's trying to find meaning. He's trying to survive. He's trying to find his own way through. I mean, haven't you seen or read about people that had to choose to to collaborate, to survive for their family. And we all judge them really quickly. And we don't know what it would have been like for us if it was our daughter or our son starving and we had to... to, to make. So there's all sorts of things with that, that. That When I read it, I thought, oh, I didn't want to know that. But it's true. And it's a real-life person. He's not a god. He's not a superhero. He's just a real-life person. And so he may have had these, these issues with him that weren't so great and maybe thought differently of it. So... The answers to that question. One of, one of my uncle, uh, when I was quite young, taught me this statement. He said, there are no right answers to wrong questions. There are no right answers to wrong questions. And this is what I'm going to offer you today, that it might be a wrong question. It might be a wrong question. There's been many people that have tried to answer it, and I'm just going to do this really quickly, and you don't need to know any of this or remember this. It has a lot to do with the reading I've been doing for my coursework. But um, Plato, early Greek history. The meaning of life is attaining the highest form of knowledge of the good. Cynicism, living a life of virtue that agrees with nature. Be self-sufficient and master yourself. Epicureanism, which doesn't mean what everyone thinks it means. Uh, seeking modest pleasures, tranquility, and peace, balancing your life. That's the meaning of life. Stoicism, live according to logic, be in harmony with the world. The universe, actually, even. Uh, utilitarianism, 
the greatest happiness of the greatest amount of people. Pragmatism, the practical thing to do. Existentialism, freedom, anxiety, decisions, absurdity. All of these have tried to, tried to find the answer to the crossed out preposition, the meaning of life. And I always think if there's that many people trying for it and disagreeing it, disagreeing with it, it puts us in a good stead to say there might not be an answer to that, the answer to that, if this many geniuses are working through it. There's another split that happens, and here I welcome you to take me on later. I will not give you my opinion, and if, you know, I wanted to say this. I can disagree with you. I hope you will allow me to disagree with you. I hope you would walk away saying, Scott disagreed with my point of view, but he respected me throughout the conversation. I hope, I hope you can disagree with me and find the same response. It's not the, the thoughts, it's the way that they're done. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, and I have done it myself, you, you say the statement, and there's, you don't say this part, but it was comma, stupid. Stupid, but you don't say it, of course, because you're a dignified person. But it's in the it's in the feeling of the whatever. So another way that they divide up the this is about, from many many sources divide up the the meaning of life is either a natural meaning or a supernatural meaning. And why that I mean, there are some of us, some of us that feel that the meaning of life is not found in the human realm. There is another realm where the wisdom of what humans should do and be is, is given. And if you could get in touch with that realm, you would find the meaning of life or the meaning for your life. Uh, other, other people, it's, their life would only mean something if I'm going to last forever. If I will live eternally, then life has meaning. Because if it's going to end with me here, then what does it mean? And I get that. It's perfectly logical. So eternal which has its own baggage with it, because everyone thinks, well, it'll be a nice eternal. We don't get a nice eternal, whatever. So that's, that's another one. And then, very bluntly, there are some people that say, well, God, the creator, whatever book you're in for that, has already told us what the meaning of life is. How, how many of you are ex-Anglicans? Um, you know, the, 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 the duty of man is to, not an Anglican, uh, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's your purpose in life, which has been very meaningful to many, many people. So that, so that again, all, all that is to say that there is a non-human realm in which the answer to that question is, and we must find it somehow. Of course, and then I say this very respectfully, there's thousands of answers to that, and they often conflict. So we're still stuck in the muddle of how would you determine which message from which would be for you. So, and then we get into a subjective idea or an objective idea. The meaning of life is whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want it to be. Individual. Whatever you want it to be, that's the meaning of life. Or, there is a meaning. There are real values that exist someplace. That's almost a platonic idea. And we better find out what that is. And that will tell us what the meaning of life is. There is one other way of thought, and it's called, I'll pronounce it the Latin way, but I think it's pronounced differently ordinarily. It's nihilism. I, I've heard it pronounced nihilism, but nihil in Latin means nothing. Nothing. I don't know why I said it that way. Nothing. <laughs> I just wanted to. Um, it means nothing. And, and the idea of that is that there is no, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce it differently both times. I'm so excited about this. There is no inherent meaning 
There is no inherent meaning of life. None. There is no inherent meaning. There is no meaning that exists already and you've got to find it and do it or you're out. Or you're, or you're not making it. So there is no meaning besides. So I'm going to hand you out the handout. Glenn is going to help me because he is the welcomer reader today. Could you... This was printed yesterday, and I'm so happy about that since I would have had to handwrite it out 45 times to you today. As soon as you've all got, now you all have one? Y'all, is it cut to you yet? Did it get to you? No, okay, it's coming. Marilyn wanted to read them all. They're all the same, Marilyn. Yeah, just put a... Oh, there we go. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, you can take this home. You don't have to listen to another thing because there's such wisdom in these. I've collected these from all over the place. But I want that idea of this nihilism for a minute. That there's no given meaning that you've got to find. Plato says that the unexamined life is not worth living. But what if the examined life turns out to be a clunker as well? Good idea. I mean, how many of you have examined your life to death and still that emptiness or still that difficulty? When you don't know what you're living for, you don't care how you live from one day to the next. You're happy the day has passed and the night has come. And in your sleep, you bury the tedious question of what you lived for that day and what you're going to live for tomorrow. Meaninglessness has caused the... is caused artists to lose their mind in despair and even kill themselves because they couldn't get the meaning. They couldn't. What is it all for? It's driven deep thinkers to utter despair. The opposite of love, I love this, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death. It's indifference. Not caring about anything. If we keep treating our most important values as meaningless relics, that's exactly what they'll become. Meaningless. So, I'm just giving you that thought again. Nihilism says there's no given meaning in life. So that could be very depressing and very discouraging and very empty and very alone and very, very troublesome with mental health. And it's right. It's everywhere. So, seeing it slightly differently... There is no prescribed meaning of life. Oh. Oh, well, that's kind of cool, because what if I didn't like it? Just let that wash over for you for a moment. There's no given, required meaning of life in the cosmos. You can travel between six billion stars and you're not going to find it. The cosmos really doesn't care about us. So, there's no soul. Well, then where's the meaning going to come from? Ah. Ah. And that's a delicious cry of freedom. So, we've gone from the, the category that says meaningless in that lovely shade of burgundy, and then down to the next one, meaningfulness. 
life has to be given a meaning because of the obvious fact that it has no meaning. That's his interpretation. Henry Miller was a, an author that wrote some hard, hard works, actually, some hard stories. Each man must look to himself to teach him the meaning of life. It is not something discovered. It's something molded. So who gets to say about that is you and us. This is not, there is not one big cosmic meaning for all. There is only the meaning we each give to our life. An individual meaning, an individual plot, like an individual novel. A book for each person. So I'm looking at a bunch of books. I'm looking at a bunch of books that you are writing. You are writing the meaning into your life. Each man must look to his... I, I, when, when you see the word man, I, sometimes I want to change it, but this is what the fellow said, so that's what I've got down here. Each man must look to himself to teach him the meaning of life. It is not something... Did I just read that? I did. I didn't something more... I put it in twice, and, and I attributed it to two different people. Well, that's not good. <laughs> what? I, obviously, the, the first one. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'll have to look that up and change that for you. Your inner landscape is richer than your outer landscape. No matter how magnificent the sunrise you are seeing might be, or how awesome the night sky about you, or how immense the turbulent ocean rushing towards you, it is your inner landscape that gives meaning to your outer landscape. Amazingly. So where does the meaning, not of, but in life, come from? It's you. So over the page. I'm not going to read them all. And... and I would love, I would love to stop in the middle of a few and ask, or even just say, does that resonate with you? So here we, so if, if we decide, and, and just for the purpose of this experiment, to say that we're not looking for the meaning of life prescribed from us or from hearing from another realm or whatever, we're looking to be meaning makers ourselves. What have we got to do that with? What have we got? Well, we're grounded in what? Life. We're guided by love, and we're growing in wisdom, so there it is. There it is. So here we go. We are all... Could, could someone give a, a sheet to the, to the, uh, the visitors from, uh, from far away? Yes. Um, we are a small and cozy group today. Yes. We are all functioning at a small fraction of our capacity to live life fully in its total meaning of loving, caring, creating, and adventuring. Consequently, the actualization of our potential can be the most exciting adventure of our lifetime. Change and growth takes place when a person has risked himself and dares to become involved with experimenting with his own life. Puts you a little bit in the driver's seat. Not about life, because we can't control all that, but the driver's seat of your own life. A rock pile ceases to be a rock pile that moment a single man contemplates it, bearing with him the image of a cathedral. A single event can awaken within us a stranger totally unknown to us. To live is to be slowly born. The meaning of things lies not in the things themselves, but in our attitude towards them. So what if there is no meaning of life given to us prescribed by this realm, another realm, or your neighbor, or your mother, or whoever told you what it's supposed to be about? Puts, puts it in it, what will you make of this life with your values? We should try to leave the world a better place than when we entered it. As individuals, we can make a difference, whether it is to probe the secrets of nature, to clean up the environment and work for peace and social justice, or to nurture the inquisitive, vibrant spirit of the young by being a mentor and a guide. Each of those categories, and some of you may be doing a number of them, 
but there's the purpose in that is where the value comes to life. The artist lives to have stories to tell and to learn to tell them well, to think what is true, to sense what is beautiful, and to want what is good. Hereby the spirit finds purpose of a life in reason. I often say when I'm working with the, the staff at my, my workplace, so this would be nurses and physiotherapists and occupational therapists and, and personal support workers, I, I often say that um, we, we have discovered, humanity has discovered a way of living, many ways of living, and, and then already these values have come known to us and if we choose them, it's a choice. Nobody's going to tell you to love. No one's going to tell you to be compassionate. No one's going to tell you to have integrity. It's a choice. And when you make that choice, it becomes yours. Um, I'm just jumping to, to that. Uh, the true meaning of life, Wesley, is to plant trees under whose shade you do not expect to sit. Because it won't be big enough by the time you're gone. Um, and I'm just going to go down to the bottom of there, um, to the word sometimes. Sometimes life does not give us everything that we want. But then that is what life is all about. You can't have happiness all the time, and neither can you have sadness all the time. But you can create a symphony out of happiness and sadness. I thought, if you ever listen to a full Bach, <laughs> greatest genius, full Bach, whatever music you like that's got some length to it, and you, and you go up and down in it. You see the, the bright major keys and some minor keys and the whole mixture. And it feels like that's, that's a song of life. And so to make, again, again every page, quote on the back page is what, what I can do to be a meaning maker in my own life. And the last one, we are most ourselves, the most human, when we unabashedly immerse ourselves in the world with love and hope gratitude and kindness. We don't have to. We don't have to do it at all. And if we're still looking for the meaning of life, there's lots of options. There's lots of people that have told us that. But I just wanted to give you that other little perspective that says, and I, I can tell you, my, I, I, I don't think there's any meaning given here. But even if I did, still... It is up to me to make the choices to make my life meaningful and not to judge you very quickly for how you're making your life meaningful because I do know the best way to, to make your life I, I know what you should be doing and thinking and feeling and I know the music you should like and I know the hobbies you should have and I know the people you should hang with and some of them I don't think you should. And I have all the answers to that. And I'll, if you meet me later, I'll share them with you. But that is the last point I want to make so is to respect others as they are the meaning makers in their life. Which doesn't mean you can't confront them when they are stepping on someone harshly and you want to address that. But it does mean we respect each other. What a beautiful thing. You're, you're, all, you're all books. You're all meaning makers in your own life. I think that gives a freedom that some of the other ways don't emphasize. And so I just challenge you to take that freedom to be the meaning maker with the values you have and know that that is exceptionally beautiful. Exceptionally beautiful. So not to be the artist that is so struggling to find the meaning of it all that he goes insane, but to live as healthily as we can being meaning makers with the values that we've embraced. Just give you a few minutes to think that through as I play and then we'll, we'll sing on.
from West Hill United Church, located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.